Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, at the Gallatron on Twitter. And I'm joined by, to to my right, Chris Bowd, um, at the Chris Bowd on Twitter. Correct. You did think there was a difference between your left and your right, didn't you? No. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, right is the hand you write with. <coughs> That's why it's called right. Correct. Unless you're left-handed. And then... Which case, you know, tough, tough luck. System doesn't work for you, pal. System doesn't work for you, pal. Um, yeah, so you're left out. So it's a pun. Uh, Chris Bowd, um, we've got off to a terrible start <laughs> again. This is of the all, worst. and we've had a lot of bad. We've podcast had a lot starts. of bad podcast starts. We're famous for. But um, love your t- love your T-shirt, Chris. It's a Lisbon Lions T-shirt. It's got the entire team, but it's done in a Ramon style. Um, so it looks like uh, the front of of, the, of Ramon's. Uh, but it's actually Celtic's 1967 Lisbon Lions winning team. It's terrific. I'm cool. Cool, and it's done in a, a lovely taupey green, if that's... Take your word for that. Awful, awful start. Should we... Nah. It's mash. I would say it's a mash-coloured. A mash-coloured... Um, the... uh, Kieran, yes, kieran has got the FC UK, but it's very much in a mash style. As the mash... Logo. What does MASH stand for? Medical. Mo- no, is it not? Mobile. Mobile. That's a, uh, yeah. Auxiliary. No. Auxiliary. Servicing. Ser- that's <laughs> just saying words. Yeah. Yeah. Boo Vietnam. I think that's what it stands yeah, for. Yeah. Um, obviously. Um, so, welcome to the MASH podcast. Um, we just talk about MASH and MASH related stuff. Hawkeye. What a guy. He was. Ter- he had that. Um, that used to have drink and all that. And I don't know how he got the, the martinis in. Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. There you go. You learn, you learn something every day, Kieran. Absolutely. Uh, Kieran Haddon, to my left. Um, terrific to see you. Has uh, so a change to say good afternoon instead of good evening? Yes, good afternoon on a Sunday afternoon. Um, but we've we've got Perry uh, Perry Sykes from um, Football Radar coming on, and he's going to talk. Gives a little bit of lowdown on Rosenberg and. Couple other things about the Norwegian league. Um, very interesting. We've already dec- recorded that. Yep. The power yeah, of editing. No, that. terrible start, about it. Terrible. It's start, a terrible, terrible start. start. Let's talk about football. Um. So, well, actually, we should probably kind of. St- everyone's talking about what's happening with uh, the Green Brigade and uh, obviously the, the the board and. The fact that the Green Brigade have been those nine hundred members have been banned for the last uh, for the next two games. To be honest, it's it's something that we we usually just kind of focus on football, the actual football on the game and um, football on the actual pitch. There's plenty of other blogs that you could listen to that would talk about it, um, about you know what that means and who's in the right, who's in the wrong opinions from both points of view. And frankly, um, if you go on social media, then I what was it you said about doing your own social media earlier? Every tweet in my timeline after it blew up was um, about it, either for or against it. It was, it was like one after the other for 
back and forth. Have um, you got an opinion on it? I, I, I was hoping Twitter would tell me what my opinion would be. <laughs> and uh, how's the guy to know? Yeah, because there's going so one many, one way so many upset people on both sides. How do you feel about it, though? I think they're all assholes. Everybody. Uh, see if you're for it, you're an arsehole. See if you're against it, you're an arsehole. See if you're in the GB, you're an arsehole. See if you're not in the GB, you're an arsehole. Every one of them me is an arsehole. That's my opinion on it. So what you're saying is you're Team GB? Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Bowed. No. I retract that statement. Uh, it's all a bit mad, isn't it? Uh, yeah, um, I mean, it's... it's you know, we we've talked about how you know the the board have made money off the off the Green Brigade and then are quick to then kind of deride them. Um, the Green Brigade aren't perfect in any way or form. Um, yeah, I don't. They are a fan. They are. They are. You know, they're trick kind of trying to base themselves on the, the sort of ultras groups of you know like different ultras groups all around the world from like Syria and South America. And I understand that they do bring a lot to a game when you go to it. So they're they're absolutely not without their place. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of the I, I, the thing. And there's also there's a lot of um, you're either with them or you're against them. No, you can criticise. You know, you can be. I criticise you every day. I still consider you a friend. It's fine. <laughs> I, I, I don't consider you a friend. If well, it's you know. Yeah. No. Yeah, we're but, not. We but hate each other. The, but, the thing is, they're not infallible. Um, no one is. Yeah. The board aren't infallible. Every set of fan, and there's no one individual Celtic fan that hasn't, you know, said or done something that maybe you don't agree with, or you, your opinion changes or differs from. And I think that's kind of the point of it all. I don't think it's been handled very well. Um, I think we can all say that. I don't think it's been handled very well by by anyone. Um, but as as I say, I mean, we we can you make up your own let make up your own opinion. Don't listen to three guys sitting around a table telling you what I think because we'll never do that. We'll just give you, you know, the option to you know when we talk about our football stuff and we talk about tactics and comments and about how Celtic play and the players, we get criticised for that anyway, no matter what way we go. So to to kinda go into the idea of give you tell you what you should think about the Green Brigade and the board, that's your choice. You know? Because we're gonna ha- there's gonna be the supplement, um the upcoming supplement is there's gonna be some stuff in there about what's happened recently and about the kind of board and how football clubs are run. It's gonna be quite a political supplement. Um and I'm sure Christian will cover that the next time he's on the podcast. But yeah, so I mean, from a Cairns just itching to talk about four four two, aren't you? Just tactics. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, but so I mean, we're going to kind of focus mainly on the football. Make up your own mind one way or the other, because yeah, that's what it is. Any kind of other points? Why can't everyone just get along, Chris? That's, that's what I've been saying. Um, anyway, talking about everyone getting along, the Linfield game. Yes. Um, the Linfield ties. Good, good lads. Good, good, listen, good the, fellas. It was like um, a, a wonderful a wall of happiness and, and enjoyment. Kieran, what did you make of the Linfield? Just actually, we'll just start with the, the first competitive game of the season was Linfield away. How do you think we handled it? I think we handled it as best we could. Um both ties kind of really were kind of exact same. Linfield just sat in. I mean, they admitted. I mean, their manager came out himself and admitted he says we're not going to beat Celtic, and he was very open and honest about that. Which I don't know if you can fault him for it or praise him for it. Um, and I, they along their lines, but they were just wanting to try and keep the score down. Which, to be honest, they did. I mean, it was what six now in aggregate. I feel as if it really should have been double figures. I mean, Roy Carroll over over both games. 
pulled out some great saves. 65-year-old Roy Carroll. He looks terrific. To keep that, to keep that down. Um, so uh, it was just it was just getting through the game, really. Um, we're used to these games. I mean, it was very similar to the games we play in the, S- the SPL, SPFL. Is like when teams, ju- they just sit in. And although for Linfield, they sat in even more. I mean, I think they literally had the whole 10 players camped on the edge of their box. Because the whole time, especially in the parkhead, I mean... Craig Gordon must have touched the ball, what, 10 times in 90 minutes? Um, there was a couple of times at Parkhead where he literally ran to the halfway line just so he could touch the ball. Um, so we obviously, we had, we were just, at the whole, most most of the two games were played. Maybe not so much the first game. The first game they kind of had a few chance, a few times around their box area. But at Parkhead, I mean, I'd say in 80 minutes of the game was played in their last third. Yeah. You know, our our centre-halves, well, we only had one centre-half really because we played two the two fullbacks as part of the three, similar to last year against the the Imps, um, where we just had one centre half and two wing backs that were allowed to kind of go forward as well. Um, so, is a back three something that we should be looking forward? Maybe more. That 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 game was an example for a, for a back three. That that's not a back three, and that's the, a back three against a part time team. Yeah, so it's not really a, a back three you would class. It's not three centre halves. That was one centre half with two. With a left back and a right back, because if you've seen it in the, the parkhead, Tierney was getting forward the way he would do as a left as a left back, because he was cutting in crosses in from the corner and everything. Lustig was a bit more reserved; he didn't go too forward, but then sometimes he did. But when you play a back three, that's not how that works. Yeah, a yeah. back three, the three centre halves kind of stay together. Yeah, Some you, you, you occasionally get, will push yeah. forward, but they won't push forward like being a full back and over, over, overlapping the wingers. But I mean, if we, uh, would, Keanu Tierney was played as a basically the left side of a back three against England. So, what I'm saying is, I'm not saying that that's what we're going to play moving forward, but it's certainly an option for us. Um, you know, maybe if a touch would we qualify for either the Champions League or, you know, I'd rather obviously Champions League. So let's focus on that. Let's hope, hopefully we qualify for the Champions League. You know, the um, way um, the sorry the Saturday or the Sunday after a Wednesday game could possibly play a back three. Yeah, it could possibly be back three, but <clears throat> also don't forget the moment we're kind of limited to centre halves. We technically have, that, but that's another two. reason why we can. Well, cover. yeah, because yeah. we obviously for cover for Tierney, but I wouldn't want to see Tierney there very often because I don't want his attributes are getting forward. Yeah, I don't want him in a back three where he's just literally going to be defending. Yeah, just Bowed. on um, centre halves, we have a question from Twitter. Oh, Bowd, bringing it in. Uh, You're yeah. a very good administrator. Uh, Derek at the boy Moz, uh, long-term listener. First yeah. time? No, it's not the first time, Twitter. So tweets all the time. You do that. You're trying to do that kind of go <laughs> mash, mash. Um, it's uh, what's he saying? He's saying stuff. Oh Jesus, bowed. It's a position <laughs> we need to work. So he's responding to somebody. Basically, with Boyata's injury, <laughs> you fucked it. I fu- <laughs> literally, the internet started going wonky on me. Uh, yeah, he's basically saying, should we have got a, a centre back? Uh, so yeah, with Boyata's injury and the importance of the qualifiers, are you surprised we haven't moved for a centre half? Well, yeah, the press scenes. Well, we we have them. We haven't. I mean, the press have been quoting that we we're going to go for Colker. Apparently, which the, I feel again, is a good rumours would suggest that Stephen Colker has actually met with with Celtic and with yeah. Brendan Rodgers. Uh, I don't. I don't know if that's them putting a link between the fact of he's contacted Rodgers on a personal level because obviously he's got personal. Um, experience, ex- and, yeah. experience and kind of, well, I don't want to say issues, but he also that's kind of yeah, documented that he's got he's got things he's working through, and he's looked to Rogers as a kind of mentor 
and I just don't know if maybe in the media putting two the two together going over oh, it right, because they're chatting on we know what Rogers is like when he takes on players he used to have who maybe careers have dipped a little bit Sinclair being one um, they're maybe thinking oh we could do the same with Col- Colker and obviously we are slightly struggling with centre halves because we're not is that, let me jump in a little bit and I'm going to ask you as well about is that is that the area you're kind of worried about most yeah, with Bowat now, <clears throat> now out for six weeks. Um, as far as I'm aware, it's 12. It's three months yeah. he's out for. Oh, you just didn't know the difference. Oh, you thought a week was quoted. two weeks. Well, listen, I'd take what you see with a pinch of salt anyway, so I'd be happy to stick with six weeks. It's, it's, the, it's actually it's, it's three months. months. It's confirmed it's on the Celtic uh, website. Did the, 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 the boy at ADN you as well, aye. Your mum confirmed no it to me. No doubt. Oh, did she? When I met her on the street, she's a lovely woman. Christine Harron, lovely. Technically... Ah, you better because she listens. I didn't infer anything. We actually have two centre-halves. We have Ayer, who has been out on loan. We don't know if we're going to keep him, if he may go out for further loan. We just don't know if, we, if if he's going to have the experience to be playing in there. We have, well, we would have had Lustig, however, we've lost Gamboa now to a kind of relatively lengthy injury, so we don't really have a right-back. The backup will have would be Ralston, yeah. but again, again, limited, un- limited un- un- untied. So untried, you don't particularly yeah. want to have Lustig in the middle. You'd be using well, Ralston would be good to have experience, but then we don't want him being maybe forced into second half and somehow pick up an injury. So we're better keep him right back. So at the moment, I think we do go forward. And then like, what that's been well documented that we're not we're not one hundred percent sure still with, with Sviachenko. We're still not confident enough if he is. I thought Sviachenko in the Linfield game, um, specifically in Linfield, he, he gets so tight to the play. It reminded me of one of the comments uh, I was talking to Big John and Mark, and Big John uh, really likes Sviachenko, and he's always trying to convince me, like, you know, one way or the other, like, um, if you're listening, John, how's it going, man? Um, he's always saying, you know, I, I like him and I think he can develop and stuff, and I think he probably can develop. But one of the biggest flaws I see in his game is... Um, positioning, which I've mentioned a number of times, but against Linfield, he got so tight and turned two or three times. He gets so tight in the guy, um, down at the, the left-hand corner, um, the ball came to the guy, he does the turn and Sviachenko brings him down and then he does that shouty thing at the referee as if to say, ah, oh, I was fouled. Sviachenko, I would not be comfortable with going in... I, I would not be comfortable going in the Champions League group stages or even the playoffs with him as centre half. But does Bayata not do the same as well? Is he not sometimes too tight? Is it maybe something the Celtic team, uh, team are trained coaching the defenders to be is to be touch tight rather than be a, a yard off to kind of give yourself the kind of time to anticipate their movement? I, in that position, I'd, I'd been that tight always. Late. Uh, Gary Caldwell was was dreadful for it. Dreadful. I remember for Scotland games he used to get so because he didn't do it as much with Celtic. Um, and I don't know if that's to do with the fact that they still had it wasn't te- technically man ma- man marking, so you you looked at your guy if he's in your zone goes across zones difference. Whereas for Scotland under Levine it was man marking, and I remember I think it was a Norway game where he got so tight on um, the big boy. Would you call him again just to play for? Oh. No, uh, <laughs> the tall. Carew. Carew, John Carew, got so tight in Carew so many, um, so many times in the one game that Carew, every time the ball came to Carew, he just knew, let it go through your legs, touch to the left, touch to the right, and you've got him beat. Which is what Wagcon done a couple of times with Bayata last season as well, yeah. so it must be a thing that the, the coaching staff... Or maybe they're just... Uh, maybe they're just shite. Um, <laughs> Boud, would you be confident? <laughs> nah, they're obviously not shite. Right. Yeah, they're not, I I mean, they're shite. obviously not shite. Good. Bowed, um, 
Ayer, would you be, would you, would it be one of those where I, you, we get through the qualifiers and then you blood them in the SPL? Again, like I'm saying, if we qualify for the Champions League, touch wood, um, the Saturday after the Wednesday where we've maybe had a really tough game, you maybe want Jozo to have a bit of a rest because obviously he's, he's probably going to have issues with his knee for the rest of his career. So maybe just rest him um, on the Saturday and bring, would, would you be happy with IER standing in? I I think I absolutely would like to see him um, get his chance this season. Uh, from what we've seen of him, he does. He looks uh, very competent. Uh, he looks smart. He can pass. Uh, he can move. He's not immobile, which is always good in a defender. Uh, maybe I, to do with the fact that what he started off as a sort of defensive midfielder. Yep, and um, that's one of the, the issues. But positive. I don't think anyone at Celtic can say definitely Ayers going to be good enough to play for our team or not. We just need to see more of them. Yeah. Uh, and I, as you say, I think we should start playing them in. We could, probably could do with another centre-back um, with Boyata out. Um, let's see if we get another injury or another suspension. Um, are can, you then... can you check who who got, did anybody, we get five bookings against Linfield. Was any of them centre-halves? What's Fiachenko? Oh. Fiachenko get booked. So if he picks up it's three bookings for a suspension. I think so. Yeah, and so then it's, but then it's squashed after the pod, after the playoff. I just mean if, if, for example, he gets booked in the first two leg, games two Rosenberg the games, um, he'll miss the first leg of the playoff, or you know, second. so you know these well, are kind of issues we yeah, need to think about. What comes to the worst? You put you put Lustig in centre half. You put Tierney right back, and you put McGregor left back. And that solves that. Yeah, um, but with the eye, I think see the way you're saying, I, I wouldn't be comfortable. And I don't think it's the right thing to do is changing your centre halves between midweek and Europe, European games and, and league games. I think we should still kind of have a continuity by them playing week in week out like twice a week. But you know that Jozo's going to have to even still is going to have to take rest time. I'm just I, sometimes I don't want to don't want to no, it's not, of it's, a, it's, after every Europe, European game. There's it's not going to necessarily have to be after every European game, but. What you need to remember about this is it's the intensity and pace that these the Champions League games are played at. I, I mean, mean I the Man City game, literally, I, I, when I was watching it last season, I was tired watching it because it was so breakneck speed. And with the, um, even like the Gladback games, yeah, because of the con- your concentration, I mean, look at Colo, um, no criticism of Colo Toure, but your concentration levels have to be on point for 90 minutes. And because his concentration level dropped a little bit, so it does take a lot out of you playing a Champions League game compared to, you know, at home to Kilmarnock. So they did a lot of that with Yozo, obviously at the end of the season he was missing more games here and there, but I think well no, it's only pre season, mind you, but I think throughout the season he's played a lot of the games. Yeah, no, I think he's so I think, I think he's they've actually kind of, started. They've him better with the injury into a case of where he will be able to kind of play twice a week going forward because of Let, let's hope the rehabilitation has so, went the right way. But a broken kneecap, I mean that's still it's just bogging in about. <laughs> Utterly bogging. <laughs> Bogsville. That's the same. That's the same as Snodgrass. Is that why Snodgrass he is dislocated? His cash now, he done his kneecap and I. Fucking hell. Uh, anyway, so I mean, with the Linfield tie, um, job done. Obviously, some of the, the the more horrific scenes with Scott Sinclair and the bottle and stuff. They've already been covered by you know all your other favorite podcasts, and you know I'm sure again as I say I'm sure you've got your own opinion of it. Um, and the best way to re- react to it is by going and scoring what four goals? They've two in the two in both ties. 
No, just won the first and then two in the second. What What did you think about um, Tom Rogic's performance? Magical. He's just he he's is just wizard. phenomenal. So is that those feet? Uh, that's that should be. A, they should get that trademarked. Just those two words. Those feet. Or look at his feet. Look at those feet. Something that is just. Oh, you, for that for the Armstrong goal as well. I know it's been. I've seen a, a clip on Twitter. It's repeated, and you just the way he's dancing yeah. through those defenders yeah. with the ball at his feet. It's just. And the, the bonus thing is now he's now playing ninety minutes. I'm, he played both Linfield games in ninety minutes. Well, this is kind of his sort of mid-season because he he got back into your team around April time. Then he went away with with Australia. He's with Bear had a holiday. So this this is him and kind of in full flow, which is going, when, by the time we get to the week could it could work out perfectly by the time we get to December when we're just coming up for the winter break. He's knackered and he's a break. He gets, he gets that break, yeah. So, I mean, we actually could have timed it um, pretty perfectly. But um, Tom Rogic at this level, um, he's just amazing. Ah, he's phenomenal. He's We don't have a, another player like him that can do what he does. Um, I'm going to fire another question at you. Um, the last podcast we did, um, Sir Manny and Christian both agreed that Stuart Armstrong was the easiest replaced out of Bitton, um, sorry, not Bitton. He's fucking get him. It's happening, Bitton. Um, out of Rogic, Armstrong, and um, Brown, uh, Armstrong was the most easily replaced. Is that true? Have you forgot? I, how, have you forgot how to speak into a microphone? By the way, because you're doing the side thing like you're in an emo rock band. Yeah. And now I'm doing stuff that people can't see on a podcast. Yeah. Um, I, I would agree with that. And Armstrong, because. There has been, there's almost been a wee bit of anti-Armstrong on the old Twittertron, uh, which I suppose if he's not signing a new deal and all that, but... We're going to let Twittertron go? Or yeah. <laughs> bring, is that what we're calling it now? That's, that's what it's called. Um, Armstrong's a great player, but yeah, Brown um, has that dynamism, he's a captain, he's a true captain, he Agreed, drives yeah. the team. Rogic's... Kieran said it, he's magical, or you said it, One of you, he's a wizard, he's a magic wizard. <laughs> and Is this fucking Harry Potter or what? Yep. Uh, I don't, I've never watched that so I can't make any funny references. I meant Lord of the Rings. Yes, yes it it's is. Saumarillion, He's a uh, thing from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> is that the first book? It's the first, well yeah, it's the Oranges book, but yeah. Right, go on, no one Good. gives a fuck. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Aye, Armstrong shite, get, get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> I would say to to I would say he's the most replaceable, and he's got what a year left in his contract. There, there were quotes of like eight and ten million no. and stuff like that. That's that's mental. No, we couldn't th- knock that back. I don't think. I, I th- my thoughts on Armstrong is, um, you know, I, in, all, in all seriousness, I've been harking on about Armstrong for years. Um, I liked Armstrong before anyone knew who he was, um, <laughs> but no, I, I think Armstrong is. I, I agree with you. I think this sort of people are trying to rewrite history. Um, Armstrong did have a terrific. I think he scored sixteen goals last season, um, and he, I, I think double figures with assists as well. You can't. I'm not in any way denying how great he was last season. When I say he's the easiest to replace, I just don't think Tom Rogic is. So technically gifted, he's so. The reason we've got Tom Logic is, I think, because he he's never going to be able to get the fitness level up to be able to play at a high level for ninety minutes for every single game. That's I think the issue with Logic is always going to be is, is, is fitness, and therefore, 
the fact that he's maybe a little bit broken from that perspective means that he might stay with us longer than we probably should have him for. Scott Brown brings, as Boud said, he's a leader, but he also brings just experience and he does G the crowd up. We can go back to that game at Ibrox when it was nil, 1-0, nil, we were 1-0 down and he made that tackle on Miller and then he turns up and he claps his hand and he shouts at the... And the team completely changed their approach to the game. He's the new Green Brigade. Sorry, carry on. Um, <laughs> the brown brigade. Fuck's sake, boud. I but anyway, so but Brown brings that sort of um, experience, and he's he is a captain. Um, Armstrong is the easy, not the easy. The, again, I'm choosing all the wrong words here, but he's the he's the player that we could replace. There's there's more players like him available, and have we brought one in already? Oofed. Well, that's what I was going to say when you were going to come to my opinion of That's Armstrong. why I'm bringing in Kieran. I'm, I'm a terrific host. I feel host. that, yes, he is one of the ones, the three that can be replaced, and I feel that we have replaced him. Now, I know it's only two games in, and can I get too excited straight away? But yes, we can! Let's go for it. That, the lad, now, from what I'm going, his surname is Cham. That's how the big man at Parkhead spelled yeah, said it. Yeah, it, as it, as it, as it as opposed to the Cham or whatever. Aye, so Aye. we're going with Cham. Like what I've seen the Chamster the boy Chamming from Steel <laughs> Chamarino um, he does El Chamo talented um, El he's very he's very good with the ball at his feet he's very good at switching the play from side to side he's very good at driving forward he's he kind of looks like he's a step up in class than what Armstrong is um, now I think he's come in I think that he's come in because Rogers, I'm reading between the lines here that Rogers and Armstrong have had discussions, and Armstrong has flatly said, "Look, I'm not going to be here after next year. Either you sell me just now, or I go as a pre-contract in January." Um, but it comes across as he's adamant he's going because nothing's been signed, and this has been going on now since the in the last season. Cause I think they started talk, talks just yeah, after the season. Yeah, after the now, if we're still getting to this stage and it's not signed yet, then clearly that looks as if it's not. Especially now that he's come in, we have spent four and a half million pound on him. Yeah, I that's think- not a bench player. Not four and a half million pounds. I don't think it necessarily says Armstrong's away. I think Rogers has just seen the boy and thought this is a talent. However, it's going to lead to Armstrong being the bench because I don't think I don't think Armstrong will be able to oust him. Well, again, what for and also as well, I feel the the starting lineup at Linfield did um, speak volume. The fact that Armstrong was benched and Jam started. Um, what I would say is. Uh, Good points, and I, I agree with you to an extent. However, I do think that we need to remember that Tom Rogic was out last season for six months, and Tom Rogic is prone to injury. We also need to remember that we've only got one year left with Scott Brown. Maybe Brendan Rogers is thinking long term. We brought in a 21 year old, and we've said to him, Look, you're going to get your opportunities. Um, because to me, from what I've seen now, We've only I've only we've only seen that Linfield game in terms of competitive performances, but he looked like he could play a number of roles. You you nailed it yourself when you said he can make cross he can make cross passes from side to side. He wins the ball. He drives forward. He literally looks like he could play in yeah. any one of the three. And it's always always dangerous looking at YouTube clips and thinking you know a player. But there's a particularly good one of Cham where it breaks down. I think is it Football Scouts or something like that. The, yeah. the site they made up um, every aspect of his game and his defensive play is phenomenal. And then you also see him more attacking with through balls and passing. It's just I mean, he, he, he did see above. part of it in the Linfield game. 
Now, I know I have to say, oh, it's only one field, so the, the opposition, the quality opposition isn't there, but if that's what he's doing just now, he's got, he needs that to build his, co- but that also build his confidence and build his quality, so he, that he when it comes he, to other bigger teams, he says, he's, he knows position, the position he's in and what pass to make next, so that he's already got the confidence of seeing that, so... Um, I mean, obviously, yes, obviously saying that Scott Brown, for me, will not, although it's a year left of his contract, he can still play for us for another two or three years. I don't see that being an issue. And I think just he, be, uh, he will. So that kind of ties it up. I feel um, uh, Abui, I think he is... Oh, I fuck remember that guy. He's, he's, <laughs> I think that is a Brown replacement, not Armstrong. Okay. I do feel he is. He's a very young kid, so they're still just giving him time. I think last season, obviously... Um, he, he took unwell. a bit of time and he's been unwell and stuff like that so he's, yeah, never, he's yeah. not really put an impact as much as he, he should have but you know, that's what 19-20 so Aye. he's still at play he should have started that, that Rangers game <clears throat> <laughs> that's funny, yeah. um, it, obviously with Roger you talk about injuries and stuff like that now you've obviously got McGregor in there who has shown himself over the last season how much he can adapt and how much the different roles he can play so he's there as well um, I think McGregor's probably happy just um, I, I'm not condescender or anything but he probably will just be happy covering wherever he needs to cover he's a great he's going to be a great <coughs> utility player because you mentioned there about playing him left back which he i think he probably can do pretty well um, which we can, at the moment we'll have to because we're now well, just sitting so busy so we haven't we don't actually have a, a cover 40 on the yet but oh, we got some questioninos yeah. go to the twitter box yeah, we finished off obviously that, I'm yeah sure. um I do feel he's kind of set in sights he wants to... Is he away? I think he is. Right. And I think we'll obviously have to cash in now. Or, feeling that, if he wants to still... I would li- I would quite like... Obviously, we'd like him possibly to do a Petrov, where sign an extension, and stay for another year, because he's still... I mean, like you said, we've only really seen him properly play for the last six months, seven, eight months. Previous to that, he was dog shit. But <laughs> obviously, but that... <clears throat> Don't don't, I, don't mention your word skill. But obviously, he's played way out of position. Yeah. Now he's actually he's actually su- he's su- suited position and he's played it and he's excelled in it. Yeah. But yeah. that's only been six months. Let's see you now do it another year with us to develop further and get a great good crack at Europe because yeah. people you get a better chance at with us than you have with West Broms oh, or no, any he, of those lower teams. If he leaves Celtic and goes to the Premiership, he will never play European football again unless he goes to someone like West well, Brom. If he goes to Southampton. They could possibly get Europa League. They do battle around kind of fifty eighth position, so there's there's a slight possibility of getting Europe that possibly, way. Possibly, but, but I don't, I don't see him going bigger than I that. Don't, I don't see him going to Southampton. Um, uh, listen, by the way, I, I like Stuart Armstrong a lot, and you know, I, I I still have an interest in the Scottish football, um, Scottish national team. So therefore, if he and I just want people to leave Celtic and to leave the Scottish league and to do well because if they do well, then standard of the league improves in terms of people's perspective of it. People will come back and look at it and, and that sort of thing. So well, I want to improve, but I don't know if he will. He's possibly maybe on as well on international duty. He's been chatting to Darren Fletcher and James Morrison, who both play at West Brom, and maybe they've said, "Look, it's Darren Fletcher's at Stoke now." Ah, obviously, but last season he was. So maybe they've obviously explained to him what it's like and all that, and he's maybe had. It's that really mediocre. It's really mediocre. Yeah, but, but you but make I've got a swimming of pool money. of money. James Morrison's yeah. been there for how many years? Forty billion, and seems quite happy and content being there. Because uh, he's got nowhere else to go. He's an. He's a, he's, if see, you asked him forty billion years ago when he before he moved, when he, he evolved, happy, he was when clear. he walked out the sea yeah. and all that, because he was a fish. Um, but it just depends on what Armstrong wants. Does he want to play European football and win medals, or does he want to play the big box and play against tougher opposition? You know, there is there is a, a lot of people. I, mean, I think it was um, the coach 
uh, from 20 Minute Tims was saying, you know, people are kind of underplaying the fact that he could go and he could quadruple um, quadruple his wages. You tell anyone, you know, football, you do only have a short period of time. He has, what, he's 25. He has, what, eight years left. Yeah, that hair fo- doesn't pay for itself. That hair doesn't pay for itself. It's a, it's a big outflow. It's a big outlay. A lot of product. A lot, lot of product. product. Um, but no, I mean, to to go somewhere, as much as people will turn around and say, oh, they're playing for Celtic, Laurie, he's already won three titles. He's played in the Champions League group stage, okay, not extensively, only only as a substitute. But the fact is, maybe he is thinking to himself, right, I want to go and make some, I want to go and make some bank to... <laughs> that's like a, that's, is that good? That's, it's funny. <clears throat> I won't necessarily say it's good. I want to go and make some bank. Yep. Is is make some bank a um, legitimate phrase? Tweet us at ninety minutes. And it is. That's a rap. Yeah, it's a. a it is a, it's a thing. I'm just laughing at you. But no, um, and you know the funny thing is, he literally goes and he makes uh, money, and uh, then he sets up his uses that to set up his legal firm when he retires. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. If Stuart Armstrong leaves, I will be. I will be upset because I really like the guy. I think he brings a lot to the team. Um, but it's not the end of the world. And uh, you know, I will be really di- uh, disappointed. That's going to sound like odd. I'd be really disappointed in him because I, the only way I can see him. Je- it's not surprising <laughs> that you would say that. But no, because firstly, I've given him a lot of support. You have, and uh, you know, I think you, you've seen Stuart through. A I feel lot like of he owes times. me. Oh, yeah. It's just a shame that he's not aware of that. Uh, well, you know, I, I like all his pictures on Instagram. Maybe speak to your wee pal KT and see if he can put a wee word in the dressing room. leave my wee pal KT out of this, all right? I'll DM him later. Um, but no, um, with Armstrong, what? in fact, what what do the um, the listeners think? Tweet us at 90 Minutes Cynic. Um, should Armstrong stay or should he... Do you want him to stay? Would be the bigger thing. Because Keith, history is kind of, as, as, as we said... Go. Let's ask Keith to make up... Keith, make up a wee uh, poll. I make up a poll. Uh that's all you're fucking good for. Um, <laughs> what? I'm joking. I'm only joking. Keith does a lot. He's, he's a terrific guy. Um, not in person. But um, <laughs> I'm only joking, Keith. Um, is it Geary? Yes. So Liam King at L underscore King 95. Um, terrific uh, Twitter handle. Yes. Um, <laughs> is he the 95th L King or was he born 1995? Who knows? Who knows? I think he's the 95th L King. Um, are you surprised at Emilio's imminent departure? I'll take. I'll field this one first. I'm quite surprised because he signed a new contract last year, um, and I thought he seemed to be kind of okay with his position, um, covering Kieran Tierney. If he get, got maybe fifteen twenty games, if he could kind of League Cup games and you know early Scottish Cup rounds, um, I thought he would have been okay with that. But I don't know if anything's changed from a personal perspective. Yeah, might be family want to move. To Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, or maybe this does he wants to get some game time in. Or maybe it's the Muller. Maybe he wants to make some bank. Maybe he wants to make some bank. <laughs> as we say. Some um, that sweet, sweet bank. Do we do we need to buy another left back? Yes. I think so, because who is actually the backup? As you said, you've got Calmac, but I wouldn't Don't call him that. They don't. They don't like that. I prefer him being like in the midfield because that's his kind of strongest position. Not I, 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 I he's would, handy. Just covering if you really need him for a game or half of a game. Yeah, Cal, Cal McGregor. I would only play at left back if you know we were at a situation where there was you know there would be no one. Yeah, we but, all respect McGreg- McGregor Sean's work, but <laughs> <I'm> not. <laughs> um, however, you want to assume that either Rogers has got something in place 
set up or else it's kind of come out of the blue. Joining us now is Perry Sykes, uh, Norwegian football analyst for Football Radar. Uh, Perry, thanks for taking the time to come on and speak to us. No problem, thanks for having me. Great stuff. Um, so we're just looking to find out about, obviously Celtic and Celtic have been drawn with Rosenberg in this Champions League qualifier. We're just looking to get out some information about the whole situation. Um, what was the reaction in Norway to the draw, first of all? Um, I think I think they were a bit disappointed. Um Obviously, Rosenborg haven't been in the Champions League for a long time now, uh, so I think they were kind of hoping for a, for a slightly kinder draw. Um, I think I think they're excited. I think um, they they see Celtic as kind of like um, up on a pedestal as someone as a club that they kind of would 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 um, be aspirational towards. Um, so I think I think they kind of they're looking forward to to challenging themselves. Against Celtic, but I think I think they would have liked a kind of draw. I think it was uh was perhaps perhaps a bit tougher than they would have liked. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think any of the draws at this stage are are kind of difficult for for most of the clubs. Um, obviously they came through the the draw with uh, Dundalk, uh, the Irish champions. Yeah, did that, did that go as well as kind of the, <laughs> the the support thought, or would they have thought it would have been an easier draw than it turned out to be? Yeah, yeah. So the the Dundalk game was was more of a test than they were expecting. I think they were surprised by the level of uh, of Dundalk. Um, I think that they almost they almost took it for granted they were going through. They didn't seem to go in with any sort of coherent plan to stop Dundalk. There was no um, no no real sort of tactical ingenuity to break them down at all and they really struggled with the pace of their wide men um and and the attack and I think that I think that they did they took it for granted that they would just they would just roll over these sort of amateur amateur Irish side and it wasn't like that at all um and actually Dundalk probably sat back uh, at Lurkendal um at Rosenberg's home a little bit too much um once they got the goal you can understand why they did it but once they got the goal they they sat back rather than rather than trying to trying to break down Rosenborg that they'd done so with such ease um, over the over the two legs. So I think I think Rosenborg were really lucky to get through that, and uh, and it really did show up how how far Rosenborg have fallen f- from from my personal uh, point of view. How far Rosenborg have fallen in the on the European stage that they are at, at a level where they can't be taking teams like Dundalk for granted. Um, but they still seem to think that they can just kind of get through those games. Um, so yeah, they were they were surprised definitely. Uh, hi, Pete, it's Kieran. Um, just obviously, you mentioned there about how this is the first time Rosenberg in the Champions League for a number of years. Um, I do remember years back Rosenberg were in the Champions League quite often. Can you say what's happened over the last couple of years to them? Has something happened financially with the club or? Um... Yeah, yeah. So they went through they went for a really a really tricky stage um, a couple of years ago. Uh, went through lots of financial issues um, that really, uh, really hampered their progress uh, off the field and on the field. Um, obviously, in the 90s, they were a massive club playing against Real Madrid and uh, teams like that and beating them. Um, but now they're, they're kind of readjusting to their new, their new stage 
on world football. Um, yeah, so it was it was financial issues. Obviously, that affects on the field. Then um, they had a succession of managers who didn't didn't work out quite as well. And this is very much a stabilization stabilization um, period for Rosenborg now, where they're just they're out of that out of those financial issues. They've got there. It's a well run club. They've got a coach who he's not going to win any any awards for tactical ingenuity or for he won't kind of get he will never work for a bigger club than Rosenborg. But he's He's kind of he's settled things down and they've won the double twice in a row in Norway now. Um, so they're kind of just they're just they're just starting to maybe uh, go on the way back up. But they they have struggled recently and it was off the field problems mainly um, that contributed to that. Um, just a quick, obviously we'll we'll get to the actual Celtic game itself. But um, how are they doing in in Norway? Are they? Um, I mean, they're top of the league. Are the they? So about seventeen games or something. Um, seventeen games. Um, how are they performing? I mean, is the is there a kind of a bit of a gulf between Rosenberg and the rest of the league, or is it competitive? Oh, it's it's a lot more competitive as your uh, uh, fellow podcast host uh, Christian Wolf and Matt Ryan. They run a brilliant um, Twitter page called Crone Football. Oh, Chrome Ball, sorry. Um, and uh, there, that sort of charts the expected goals um, of all the teams in Norway. And I think they're third in that at the moment. Um, so they, they certainly, it's certainly competitive. The problem is with Rosenborg in Norway um, is that the teams sit back and they, they play against Rosenborg's um, kind of perception in the league more than they play against the actual team. I think if more teams attack them, went at them then they'd lose a lot more games but because of Rosenborg's reputation and um the standing that other Norwegian teams put them on they kind of they drop back a bit and they don't they don't attack them uh, as much but they're they're five points clear at the top of the league I, I I expect them to win it from this from this position um but it's been far more competitive recently and they're nowhere near um being the best football side um in the league uh that's for sure You've got teams like Sarpsborg who have come through um, uh, to challenge them, Brown as well. Um, so they're, they're, they'll win the league, I think, and they'll probably win the cup as well as they have done the last two years. Um, but it's not been plain sailing and they don't look like a side who um, who are progressing. Uh, the problem is they lose all their best players season on season. I'm, I'm sure you have a similar situation with Celtic where maybe not quite so much now, but certainly in the past where a couple of good seasons, um, we'll see clubs come in with big money to to buy up the the best players, and that's that's a problem with Rosenborg. But they're not replacing them with any real quality either. Um, so the team is a lot worse than it was last year, and um, worse than it was two years ago. So it's uh, they're they're doing well in the league, um, but it's not been plain sailing at all. And you, you mentioned kind of losing their best players. Just looking at this season, um, I think top scorers, the, the lone E, is it Milan Yevtovic? Um, and yeah. obviously they've got Nicholas Bentner, who we'll know a little bit about. Uh, but could you tell us a wee bit more about those players and anyone else you think would be a standout or a, you know somebody that might be a danger to Celtic? Uh, yeah, um, I think they've got they've got good footballers. Yevtovic is is okay. I'm not I'm not a massive fan of him, but he does he pitches in with goals. Um, from from the right and left hand side, depending on uh, who's playing, but they've got. I mean, Mike Jensen's been the best player in the league for the last two or three seasons. He's uh, combative a mid, but he's uh, he's not had a good season this season, and he does look as though he's kind of 
he's reached his peak now and maybe he's maybe he's just just on the way down a little bit but he's he's an excellent footballer on his day Frederick Meech has been linked with uh the likes of uh RZ and uh Eredivisie he's a very good footballer but again this season he's not looked um not looked at the level that that he would expect to to reach so I think obviously Bentner's there they don't know how to play with him at all. He drops far too deep. He comes comes in almost playing centre mid on occasions. And the problem is they play with two inverted wingers and he's obviously looking for crosses, but they don't cross. They've got really tricky centre mids who can play through balls, but he's not going to beat anyone for pace um, in behind. So they just, I mean... I feel sorry for him, and as a Spurs fan, I never thought I'd say that, but I do. I feel sorry for the for the guy because he they just don't know how to play with him. They're not utilizing his talents in inverted commas, and uh, yeah. So I think I think the the main the main players for Rosenborg are at the back with Andre Hansen, who's an excellent goalkeeper, um, the best in the best in Norway by by quite some distance. Uh, Tora Regenusen's a solid centre half, uh, and then the the fullbacks will be looking to push on head and start is he's he's okay um i think i think uh scott sinclair will have a lot of joy against head and start but he's he's good going forward got good delivery bigger milling if he if he starts is also good going forward but again defensively a bit suspect so honestly there's when it comes to individual players i there's not many standouts um but they've got uh jensen and Micho in uh center mid um, very good footballers um, and very good passers of the ball, very good runners off the ball. So I think that's probably where where their main danger lies. Um, you mentioned that um, in Norway, um, people send, tend to kind of sit in against um, against Rosenberg when Rosenberg are, are, are playing at home. Um, it's a similar sort of situation for us uh, in, in Scotland as well. How do you think Nor- um, How do you think Rosenberg will kind of set out in this? especially the first leg at Celtic Park, how do you think they'll set out? Will they set out just to kind of frustrate and maybe look for a sort of, you know, a, a draw or maybe a, you know, the odd goal? Or will they kind of throw all their eggs in one basket and come at us? Yeah, uh, this, this is where it gets a bit interesting, I think, because I think Rosenborg are better as a counter-attacking side. I think they've got more in their locker doing that. So this season they've struggled because they don't quite have the players to break break down teams at the moment. Whereas I think I think they will sit in at uh, Parkhead. I think they will they will kind of they will drop a lot deeper than they usually do um, in the league. They'll they'll sit back. They'll they'll push their fullbacks on um, when they see opportunities. But I do think it's going to be a case of um, just don't concede too many, and then hopefully get Celtic back to Lurkendal and maybe do something there. But I do think they're going to have to change their style. Which is going to be an interesting one because they don't, they never have to do that in the league. Really, it's very rare that they're on the back foot in the league. Very rare that teams come out. I think maybe maybe Salzburg did at, at home um, um, uh, when Rosenberg were playing away. Uh, I think that's maybe the only time they've really had to sit in and encounter, and that's when they look dangerous. So I do think that although I think that Celtic will will stroll it, um, I do think that. That is where where the issue comes for Celtic in that I think that they they are good on the counter attack and if they do play really negative pragmatic football I think that's where where they could where they could hurt Celtic. 
Um, Perry, obviously you probably watch a lot of Scandinavian teams play in the kind of European qualifiers. Do you feel or see that um, they have an advantage having summer football over some of the mainland European teams? It's it's a it's an it's a prominent argument in uh in Norway. Um, I think that's the idea. Um, but then if you look at that that game against uh, it does it does mean that fixtures pile up. So although the NFF did they had a week off. Um, they gave a couple of teams a week off who were playing in Europe um, a couple of weeks ago. I think that it has its negatives and positives. I think if you l- look at Norwegian sides over the last, um, how they've done in Europe over the last three or four years, you'd have to say it doesn't, uh, it's not a massive benefit. I think actually you lose out more in sort of transfer windows and stuff like that where, Maybe you can't buy players. Players don't want to come to Scandinavia because they've just had a full season. And obviously, Scandinavian sides want players who can go straight in. Um, so I think I think there are definite, definite positives and negatives. Um, from a personal point of view, I see it as very minimal benefit um, in turn, just based on the progress of Norwegian teams um, in, in Europe in the last, last couple of years. Um, so I don't, I don't think it has a, has a massive effect, um, but just just because of the fixture pileup, people are tired. Um, even some some players, it looks like they just want to go on holiday. To be honest, uh, so uh, I think I think it is there is an argument that it helps, but I I don't I don't buy into it that much. To be honest, um, you were mentioning against sorry, just back to the the kind of game at hand. You were mentioning um, that Rosenberg kind of struggled with. The pace of the wide men uh, in the last sort of qualifier. Yeah. Do you think that's going to be key? Um, obviously, we've got Scott Sinclair and you know uh, James Forrest, um, Johnny Hayes are all really really quick. Do you think that's our key in in terms of breaking Rosenberg down? Oh God, they're going to have a field day. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think I think they'll they'll tear them apart. Um, they just they just it's not something they have to deal with in uh, in Norway that much, to be honest. Like uh, the the teams that have have um, done well against Rosenborg this year have done it with pace. I remember Sigurd Arsene at Tromso had a uh, had a field day against them. Ardek Benro uh, was brilliant against them. Uh, Erling Nudsen as well at Lillestrøm. So these are all quick players who just that's that basically for they just they just use their pace and the the wide men of Rosenborg just can't handle it. And as good a ball players as those centre mids are. Um, they're not they're not quick. They're not they're not going to track back. Yevtovic is a decent goal scorer, but as a defender, he's rubbish. Um, the D mid is Anders Comradson, who's not really a D mid because Rosenborg don't need a D mid uh, in Norway. So he kind of plays as a kind of progressive midfielder, but he'll he'll be the one who's tasked with sitting in there and covering. <laughs> it's just it's just not not going to be able to do it. I don't think. Uh, a centre half, they've got they've got a quick centre half, so they'll be hoping to use him. But yeah, I I think I mean Scott Sinclair could he could if if Celtic can get him get him running at uh, head and start getting running at Meelin, um he could they could they could easily tear tear Rosenberg apart. Unfortunately, um, that's that's where they'll that's where it'll it'll turn into a into a, um, a massacre if if they can get the pace uh, of Sinclair, Forrest, Hayes, 
uh, even Dembele in behind, then it could could be any number. Uh, possibly put you in the spot a little bit, Perry, but is there any possible weakness you've seen in, a, in the Celtic side that Rosenberg, with some of their strengths, might be able to um, get at? Um, I think it's just going to be how they, how they deal with... Uh, Rose, with Rosenborg on the counter and set pieces. Rosenborg have a very good set piece taker. Um, they've obviously got Bentner. I imagine Wilhelmsen will start. Um, him or Bentner will start. Um, and they're both good in the air. Reggie Newsom's good in the air. Um, so I think set pieces are something, I don't know if that's a particular weakness of, of Celtics, but it's certainly certainly an area where I think Rosenborg will be looking to to do some damage um, and then, like I say, it's just it's just the counter. I mean, Rosenborg don't even have that many players who are who are quick. Um, so I don't think it's going to be that. It's more how how smart play or how maybe Scott Brown can cope with uh, the clever football minds of Jensen and Micho, um, which I, I imagine he'll be able to do. But um, but yeah, it's going to be set pieces. It's going to be. Um, how they deal with the counter attack, but that, that's that's all. That's the only way I can see Rosenborg getting getting an away goal. To be honest, I'm I'm sure the midfield will be dazzled by Stuart Armstrong's hair so much that they won't be able to <laughs> focus. Um, just th- thanks for joining us, Perry. Um, just um, what are your expectations for the kind of two matches? Do you think that it's Celtic victories throughout in both? Or I mean, how do you think Celtic will do in Norway? Yeah, I think I I I haven't really hidden the fact that I think that that Celtic will um will progress relatively comfortably um like I say I the only the only caveat to that would be how Rosenborg or how good Rosenborg are on the counter-attack um not something that we've seen that much I I would expect two wins for Celtic um I think they'll find it tricky um in Lurkendal Lurkendal is a tough place to go fans are amazing um, the atmosphere in there is always excellent on European nights, um, but I, yeah, I, th- I think Celtic will progress. I would even stick my neck out and say I'd be surprised if Rosenborg scored, um, on- only because I think that I think that they're going to go into it really defensively um, at at Celtic Park, and I think I think it's just going to be a struggle from there. Um, but yeah, that that's that's my that's my tentative prediction. Um, Celtic to nil on both both legs. But you know um, these things happen. So perhaps uh, perhaps Rosenberg will be able to do something. But yeah, I, I expect a relatively comfortable uh, progression for Celtic. Um, great stuff, Perry. Just one quick question um, from a Norwegian point of view: Is there any sort of kind of diamonds in the rough? Any players that are kind of making a, or you can see potentially making uh, kind of um, moves overseas, even like some someone Celtic should be looking out for. Oh yeah, I mean the the value in Norway compared to the rest of rest of the uh, uh, rest of the world at the moment is it's crazy. Um, the some of the some of the players there's a guy called I mentioned him earlier, Ardik Bemro um, at Viking. He's an incredible player and talks a sort of one point five million euros which is which is crazy he's got a skill set that is transferable um no matter what league that his his underlying numbers aren't great he doesn't he's i think he's only got maybe five goals this year or something but he's you know he's a winger um but he's he's an incredible footballer um i think frederick micho uh, um 
at Rosenborg's brilliant technician. Um, he'd do well in well in a lot of sort of like Eredivisie and the Belgian leagues, stuff like that. Um, Anders Tronsen at Salzburg, again, brilliant midfielder. Um, brilliant in terms of Norwegian football, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's they're good footballers uh, in Norway. Um, they always they're always comfortable on the ball. Uh, generally speaking, not defenders, but uh, going forward. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's a it's an un, undertap market, um, and I think that there's there's players there who who could certainly make it. Like Arde Benro could move to Celtic and sort of be be challenging for a first team spot. He maybe maybe wouldn't start every game, but he would. He would certainly certainly be challenging up there, um, but yeah, I mean, it is it is an untapped market. But I think maybe, maybe uh, Ronnie Daler was at Celtic and he didn't really go back for many Norwegian players, so maybe there's there's a problem with how they'd how they'd kind of make that transition um, into football abroad um, and how good they'd actually be. Um, that has that has been an issue with a couple of players who've left. Um, but then you've got a guy like Sander Berger, who's a 19-year-old uh, from Vollerenga, who moved to uh, Genk for, I think it was 3 million euros. And he's been linked with Sevilla for 20 million euros after, what, six months uh, in the Belgian league. Um, so there is there is a lot of talent there. Obviously, you've got you've got big Chrissy Ayer, who's a, who's a wonderful footballer. Oh, he's some um, boy, so he is. Yeah, I... I uh, sent a couple of tweets out uh, about a year back saying that there's no way he's a centre half. He's definitely a Marrow and Fellaini style A mid, and now he's an excellent centre half. So it shows <laughs> what I know. But uh, but yeah, he's he's an excellent footballer who I think he's he's got all of the attributes to go to the go to the very top. So there is talent there. It's about it's about whether you think that they can they can transfer that talent onto a bigger stage. Um, but yeah, there's there's some really good players there, and it's a, definitely an undertap market for sure. Uh, just the last question, Pay, just to slightly digress. You just mentioned his name there, uh, Roy Dyler. I just want to see if you let us know how well he's been doing. I'm not sure if some of our listeners will actually be interested, but just to <laughs> a lot of people us, would. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, he's a bit of a he's figure, isn't he? Uh, he's he's doing fine. Um, I think um, I think he's he's struggling to get get his uh, get his style of play. Um, onto that team, onto that Volaringa team. Uh, they've got a new stadium coming up and, you know, he's he's going down the pub every Friday before match day to speak to the fans and stuff like that. Like, he's uh, he's, he's, he's being Ronnie. Um, but, yeah, he's he's doing fine. There's a couple of times where they've looked irresistible, um, but also a couple of times where they've looked like they're going to lose 10-0. Um, so, yeah, I think um, I think he is struggling a little bit to get his get his kind of... Um, get his style of play into that team. Uh, I don't think he's got the players that he necessarily wants. He went out in the uh, on deadline day um, of the last transfer window and bought three pretty pretty nothingy players um, who haven't added anything, and a couple of them are linked with moves away again. So I think he he's struggling a little bit. He they went out all guns blazing at the start of the season and were losing four three and. Uh, sort of getting three all draws and stuff like that, and now he's he's made them look a lot more um, solid defensively. Um, but that he's lost a bit going forward in doing that. So I think he's he's doing well. I think he's I think he's happy in Oslo. He's he's always got a smile on his face. Um, I think he he's enjoying being out of the limelight a bit. Um, 
but they're 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 in a decent position. Um, they, Ronnie said anything other than European football would be uh, a bit of a disappointment, and I think that that's that's something they'll be they'll be looking to looking to get. And I think they've got a decent chance of doing that, depending on how they do in this window. It'll be interesting to see if he if he goes back to Celtic for um, for any players, but um, if Sander Berger, who I mentioned earlier, if he gets sold, then Volleringer have got some money coming in, so uh, they they might be looking to do some do some business. Um, but yeah, he's he he seems happy. Um, seeing like, like I say, I think he's enjoying not being in the limelight and um, being sort of the manager of a of a side where there's less pressure on him um, and less less attention on him. To be honest. Um, Perry, um, thanks ever so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you, you're on Twitter at frfootballperry. Um, and that's you, right. Yep. Yep. And you do stuff for Football Radar as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's right. That's that's the company I work for. So. Yeah, you're going to get upwards of ten new followers. So. <laughs> I look forward to. It. I think half my followers are Celtic fans at the moment. So that's yep. always good. Yeah. No, well, thanks for having me, guys. Terrific stuff. Thanks, man. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Thanks very much. thank Perry again for coming on um, gave us some great insight into what we can expect from Rosenberg Boud are you a lot more confident after um, speaking to Perry? Yes um, so again Rosenberg uh, a lot of Celtic fans will kind of think back to when we were playing them last and they were just a, a decent Champions League team uh, Harold Bratback famously scoring against us in Tron time. Yep. Um, I'm really happy to find out Bratback doesn't play for them anymore. He's, uh, <laughs> he's retired. They would have been a danger. Um, uh, he's, he's a pilot now. He's a pilot now. now. Yep. Yeah. Um, been a pilot for quite a while. I think 2006 he retired straight into the old pilot game. Um, <laughs> Make, making bank in the clouds. <laughs> it's... Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, Awful band. Okay. I'll trust you on that. Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but yeah. So you're you're more confident, Kieran yourself. I take it you you can't really come away from that not being confident. Yeah, I mean, like you said, obviously back then. But then if you hop back to maybe a year or two ago, St. 2013, Johnson, I think it was. Was what? Did St. Johnson St. beat them? Was that far back? Yeah. Aye, so St. Johnson have obviously beaten them. They were a bit. They were. I don't know if they're lucky to get through against Dundalk, but um, it was a tougher tie by the sounds of it. So yeah, I do feel quite confident about that. Gonna... Yeah. Dundalk. Uh, yeah, no. I, I, I po- I apologies. I can't. My mum's my mum's Irish. She's from Donegal. I feel like I can call it any Irish uh, you go city or whatever I want. Aye. So, yeah, that's true. Double line. <laughs> the ring of Kerry. I said that right. Yep. What's that? I should have said that wrong. I should have said it like the ring of Corey. Anyway, um, you've been a real distraction today, bud. Um. Kieran, uh, so we've got the game. Obviously, this is going to be the atmosphere might be a little bit more muted compared to what we're used to for you know recent European games. Hopefully, the rest of the support will 
take up the mantle. Um, but out with that, <clears throat> the key kind of point that, uh, that that Perry made in terms of the last tie was that Rosenberg couldn't deal with the pace of the wide men. Considering we've just been talking about James Forrest, how would you line up? Now, we're probably... Yeah, just how would you line up? Um, back five again, usually... Well, we're speaking for itself. Gordon Lustig, Yozo, Eric and Tierney. Uh, Brown. Uh, I'd possibly put Armstrong in because it's a bit of a step up from from um, Linfield. Um, no doubt. Cham's obviously just only just in the door. He did well against Linfield, but I think let's just get back to our kind of... Po- Let's strength that we've had from yeah. last season, so I put arms back in with Rodic. Um Sinclair left. However, I would be bold and I would go with Hayes to start. Purely because of that, the whole the they're kind of not fear, but the pace is something they can't deal with. Yeah. And Hayes with his pace will be direct, whereas Forrest will be a bit more reserved with it. He won't try and hit the ball past the defender and go. He'll look to kind of back the defender up a little bit, then cut in. And then if you're cutting in, you're cutting in. And we've seen a lot of... I mean, Rosenberg will probably line up a bit more defensively. So you're just going to get in a congested area of midfield, whereas we should be really stretching a bit more and using Hayes to kind of get past them and get to the, the byline. Um, and obviously, Dembele will be up top because Griffiths is suspended. Um, one of the things Perry was saying was the central midfield position for Rosenberg is one really of the strong, strongest. Yeah. Uh, Keon saying he'd bring in Armstrong. Would you be of the same opinion, or would you have Cham? Or it's a <coughs> tough one. That's to be honest. From the lineup, uh, Kieran's mentioned, I would be. That's the only position I would Look maybe at. go differently. Um, I'd be tempted to go with Cham, but as you say, since that's where they're strong, are you better going with Armstrong? And Brown, because he knows who, the system; they work each other well. You yeah. know how you play, um, and you can't really. If they've got midfielders who can pass and take advantage of mistakes, we maybe need people that know how to, to work together. Yeah. So does that mean you're going to start with his? Yeah. Oh, aye. After defending Forrest? Ah, you fucking love James Forrest. You, you, can, you, can, you can defend somebody's you actions. Can... Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, without, yeah. I, I just, I, I can't see the Forrest for the Hayes. But the... Oh, <laughs> yes! Been waiting about five <laughs> canals to say that. <laughs> not even a thing it's really bad it's, a, it's not even a pun it's uh, it's well it's almost almost sounds like trees that's the best <laughs> I could come up with and it works um, see saying it works doesn't mean it works <laughs> it I do that all the works. time I say oh that works but oh. it doesn't I nodded as well so that gave it a little oh, bit that of added yeah. uh, but you know you go Hayes uh, Sinclair Dem- Dembers Dembers um, yeah, unless Samaras is signed by that point <laughs> Because <laughs> Denver's is away on a free anyway. See if Griffiths was available, would I have used choose him ahead of Dembele? That's I the personally t- would. Do you? Th- I think that um, I think Griffiths is Griffiths started gave, a bit better this season. Well, yeah, without, yeah. Gri- Griffiths. Dembele, I think still Griffiths gave us more against uh, in his game against Linfield than Dembele did. I, I don't think, I, and this is the thing. We're not comparing them in terms of what one's better because they both have completely different attributes. Um, Just Griffiths start kind of kicked off a season better than what Dembele yeah. has. Yeah, yeah, I that's, that's it. Fair. And I, do you go? I think you should always go on the form player. Um, so I, if Griffiths is fit, I would probably start with Griffiths because I think he's earned it as well. Um, Dembele looks a little bit off the pace. He's, he, it'll take him time to. He didn't really kick on from us till like late September till the kind of five one game. Uh, Kieran had him punted. Kieran had him. On a free, out the door, bringing in, you know, 
Mickey Quinn. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> yeah. Shut it. Wow. <laughs> Put two names together. Um, but no, so, aye, I think... I would if Griffiths was 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 not suspended because he's still injured as well, isn't he? I don't know if he's he missed the game because of a slight, a slight strain, and there's no point risking him at this mm, point when you so. don't have to. Um, but yeah, Hayes, Sinclair, Brown. I would go Armstrong and Rogic. Yeah, I would go with the kind of tried and tested to get us through. Um, Bowed predictions for just at least the first leg. Ah, uh, yeah. Someone asked Hattrick. I don't like being overly confident, but I don't. I don't like, see I mean, us. Um, we've listened. To, you know, Perry up. is a you know he, he watches Rosenberg and he's he's an expert and he thinks it's going to be a bit of a cakewalk for Celtic. So um, yeah, and again, he was saying that Rosenberg will probably play it defensively, which isn't something they do in the league because they. It's like it's to. like us to an extent. It's like us yeah, when we going come up to against... Barcelona or someone like that. Like you know, we, you find it hard to you know switch out of that um, into that defensive mode. So that prediction about I think uh, it will be a three 0 Celtic victory. Good. Yes, with um, his. <laughs> Just looking at names. Yep, I'm just thinking it'll be. You know what? It'll be four now. It'll be Hayes, Rogic, and a Dembele brace. Brace, Harpoon. Yeah, I'll be two or three now. Uh, I think Rogic and Sinclair will get the goals. Good, good. Um, I confident. I think it will be again two or three now. Um, I I, th- I can see. I think Sinclair's going to have an unbelievable season. Um, but I do think if Hayes starts, there'll be a lot more quality balls into the box. So I think. Dembele might kind of feed off that pretty well. Uh, just finishing up, uh, good result for Aberdeen. We talked about how Christie um, performed really well in that game. Um, do you think they'll get to the? Do you think they'll beat Limassol? Get to the playoffs? Um, I don't know. Are they home first? I think they're at home first. They maybe. Seem, I mean, they seem to. Have, I don't know if they struggled at home, but obviously the result says differently that they kind of struggled at home and seem to do better away. Obviously, we're in two yeah. away and one like so. I must have a bit more of a step up, but I think if they if they learn from how well how well they didn't or didn't play over the last two games, the previous tie that should help them when they're up against them or so. So happy with um, Christy going back to Aberdeen and hopefully maybe develop, maybe come back. Well, next I season. mean that's it. He's going to develop. He's going to get game time. We've seen, I mean the thing as well now he's actually performing in Europe. Yeah. So that shows. To, I know it's, a, it's only the early stages of it, but it's still what we want our players to be able to do is. It's not even just the fact of performance, the whole scenario around you, of European football, it's the whole the travelling and it's all that and it's all the different type of um, kind of cultures or um, where you're playing and stuff like that. I mean, the Bosnia, Bosnia was like yeah. 33 degrees heat, you'd never experienced that in Scotland, so if you're able to kind of cope through that, it helps better as well. And just the whole kind of whole travel time everything the package of, of European football helps. About uh, GMS, happy for him to get on the score sheet, get his uh, Aberdeen career off, seems to have hit the ground running aye it's a wee shame when he came to Celtic but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a wee shame that he was getting seven grand a week oh god love him ah exactly what, what, was it a was it Van Hoydonk said that's not enough for a homeless person but a, I, I I wish him well and I, I wish Aberdeen well in Europe uh, can you be more condescending please no no, that's, that's uh, a shout cool. out to John Robertson at John Robo eighty four, who's an Aberdeen fan but listens to the podcast. So, 
Um, I'm just going to change it to 90 minute Aberdeen. So yeah, get, get Jesus. Yep. Ian Jess. <laughs> he's a wee cracker. He's got a future. <laughs> I still think he's got potential, Ian Jess. Um, I, Duncan Shearer, all the, all the greats. All the best, the best cheerer. No, but I didn't even know you were you were going to mention that. I do genuinely wish I, all Scottish teams maybe does one or two um, that I don't wish Who's well. The other Europe. one? Oh no, Hearts. Ah, ah. give them that as well. I just there's, there's one. Well, <clears throat> there's been two over the last. Terrific stuff. Um, that's our podcast. Um, thank you to Perry for coming on and giving us a sort of lowdown on Rosenberg um, <clears throat> we are the 90 Minute Cynic um, you can get us on Twitter at 90 Minute Cynic you can get us on Facebook facebook.com slash 90 Minute Cynic we're on Instagram how's the Instagram Kieran? terrific terrific as always Aye, terrific as always um, <laughs> check us out on iTunes if you do a search for 90 Minute Cynic um, subscribe and if you'd like to leave a little positive comment um, Salmon Ass Based about I'd love a Samurai Space review on the old iTunes. <laughs> I don't know what a Samurai Space review is. But um, it starts off really well in the middle, it's a bit shit, but it's a strong finish. Yeah. Yep. Um, we're on Spreaker, Spreaker.com slash 90 Minute Cynic. Um, basically, if you follow us on Twitter, um, as I say, at 90 Minute Cynic, we tweet out all those uh, links as often as possible. Um, and listen, uh, if you like us, maybe tell a friend, tell, tell a buddy, a, tell a pal. Take a sign to the football. <laughs> Take a sign? I don't know. Seems like a thing. I see. Go with that. Go with that. Um, the supplement will be out um, within two or three weeks, but we've got a couple. We'll have a couple of podcasts in between where we can promote that a little bit much, a little bit more, a little bit much. To be fair, uh, Kieran Harden, the freight train harpoon. How are you? Thank you for coming on. Terrific. Been good. Bit weird in the afternoon, but it's been good. Bit weird in the afternoon. Uh, Bowd, the Bowdertron, the Bowdmeister General, Bowdington Steel, Beardy, Beardy Prick, asshole. <laughs> Sorry, Bowd. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for that. Yep. Um, right up. I'm at the Galatron on the Twitter. Please uh, follow me, me and give me... Um, love, attention. Love, attention. Please pay attention to me. Uh, we are the 90 Minute Spinnick. Spinnick. <laughs> oh, yeah, I fucked it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's the only thing I, sh- I can't... Fuck. <clears throat> we are the 90 Minute Cynic. We are the 90 Minute Cynic. And we'll speak to you down the road. Down the road.